Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman, and it's time to bring the orange. And today we are welcoming Laura Chu, Product Marketing Manager from the Flashblade team. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Rob, for inviting me. Well, it is good to have you here and uh, great for us to get in the studio and do the pod since we worked so much together on this topic around uh, Oracle data warehousing and how Flashblade plays into that scenario. Um, before we get going there, I'm, I'm, I'm always a little bit interested in the journey. You've been on board at Pure, like, what, six months? That's correct. Now, somewhere around there. I got the guess right. Um, but what were you doing prior to that and, and what kind of led you to Pure? Okay. Well, I, I started my career... Uh, really in, in project management and deploying ERP. So I was deploying a, a revenue model and a cost model and so forth. And that led to my understanding of how um, overall analytics work in a data warehouse. But I ended up working for a giant ERP company and ended up doing marketing there. And that's how I uh, have my journey from solution management to solution marketing. You moved over to the dark side into the marketing <laughs> side that we're all in. <laughs> Very true. I, I have to kind of say that. Some people jokingly say that. And then today you're, you have sort of a hybrid role here at Pure. You're, you're doing product marketing for Flashblade, but you're focused in the data warehouse area that we're talking about, but also kind of broad, more broadly just in, in analytics, right? That's correct. Awesome. Well, let's start by going back since we are talking about data warehousing and just give a little bit of a historical perspective for folks. And it's great you have that background in ERP and in and around apps. But um, what happened with, with data warehousing way back when? Why did that come about? What was what was the need in the industry? Yeah. So uh, I remember looking up on the internet and trying to figure out how the data warehouse started and it, it happened at IBM, you know, back in the days in the 80s, they were the, the giant company. They have companies all around the world. But guess what? They have an ERP system and a CRM system in all these regions. And this one scientist is trying to figure out how to consolidate all these data into one centralized location. And that's where he developed a data warehouse. And the goal was to have as many people access to the data so they can help IBM drive the analytics they need to do faster de decision making. Got it. And and, I, and it worked, right? I mean, it was, it was a, an approach and a solution that worked. But as we know, the quantity of data, the amount of things, the, the probably the models that were there really got kind of complicated. I mean, that became a challenge over time to have that traditional model work along with the rise of sort of relational databases. That's correct. What made it even worse is by the time we get to the 21st century, all of a sudden we need to start collect the uh, unstructured data and semi-structured data. And yet the data warehouse is really designed for structured data. Um, and that created a problem. And the data warehouse is not really built for a massive amount of data, even though that was the whole goal. Well, it's funny. One of the challenges, we haven't heard this on a call I was doing with, with somebody last week, that the guy mentioned that, you know, just e ETL loads uh, take a glacial amount of time. I forget the specific quote, but it was something in that kind of frustrated nature. But that's what you've got, right? You've got this massive loading time just to actually move things from A to B. That's correct. So you mentioned a little bit about analytics um, and that that's kind of going to usher in the next generation of data warehouses. So what's that going to look like? Is that going to be sort of a hybrid thing where you have these traditional models, um, you know, along with these next gen apps? Yes. Um, 
the future data warehouse will have to ingest all kinds of data. The challenge with unstructured and semi-structured data is you need new application to make them into structure. So you might need something like Spark or Kafka, or you might want to build a data lake that includes Hadoop that connects to the data warehouse. All, it all depends on the customer use case. That dictates how you run the data warehouse. But the challenge with that is the, the approach that we've been building data warehouses with appliances is causing problem to make it scale. And that's something that we saw happen about 10 years ago. It was kind of like right at the end of the 2000s or um, you know, around that time where you had some of these purpose-built, and we're not going to go into brand names here for various reasons, but um, you, you had purpose-built things. And it's not just from one company. There are multiple, multiple things out there. And again, it was it was saying, okay, this is too complex. It's too difficult to work with this myriad of, of, of different solution types and data types. Let's just build one thing and try to go solve it. And it was pretty good for a little while, but then we ran into limitations. What were some of those limitations? Well, the limitations was when, when you when you built your data warehouse, maybe back in 2000, you were using a 2000 technology. That means your server is based on a chip that's a limited number of cores, and then you were using uh, disk storage that were able to handle maybe you know a terabyte here and there. So, but your data is growing 50% uh, year over year in Kaggard, and you're not able to keep up with that massive amount of data coming in. So your performance is slowly going down, and it gets worse every year. And I think one of the responses to that that we, we've seen quite a bit is around over-provisioning, right? Well, you're not sure how much your data is going to grow, um, therefore we have this appliance, and it only comes in sort of T-shirt sizes, right? There's there's no flexibility. It's, it's a small, it's a medium, and it's a large, and maybe there's an extra large. So because you're not sure Sure, you better buy a whole bunch. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, and you're spending a whole bunch more. Um, beyond that, can you talk about the nature of those things being sort of lock-in, right? You're kind of stuck. That's correct. You're stuck uh, in a fixed compute and a fixed uh, capacity. So if you want to scale differently, if you want to scale just compute, you can't. You have to buy a brand new uh, appliance. Same thing with capacity. If you want to just scale the capacity and not compute, you still have to buy another appliance. So that appliance approach from a cost-benefit perspective does not make sense. It doesn't scale for you. So how does customer manage for future over-workloads? Uh, that's a big question. Yeah, and there's sort of a dirty little secret on the over-provisioning thing and the scale is you know, a lot of this is licensed by the amount of uh, compute cores, by by what you have on the compute side. And if you're over-provisioning, that cost, that cost goes way up, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, especially with the license costs. We talked about you know, how some of these, uh, in this case, we're talking about Oracle, uh, they, they license you by a number of cores. So if you just add more capacity, but yet you have the increased cores, that's going to increase your license costs. The other thing with um, with Oracle is uh, they also charge you license fee for storage. Uh, that's also something that if you buy another uh, app appliance, your storage license goes up. So a lot of the math didn't make sense. And also in terms of scalability and performance, just not doesn't make sense too. 
So one of the the common answers to problems these days, right, sort of the uh, square peg round hole thing is cloud. Does cloud solve these things right off the bat as well? I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of hybrid solutions and things, but, you know, just simply saying, yeah, take your whole data warehouse and push that to cloud. Does that really do it? Yeah. If you look at Oracle, Oracle has uh, two to three different offerings. And one is a, a public cloud, one is a hybrid cloud, and one is a private cloud. Um, but they're all using uh, an appliance. And, um, you know, the whole point of cloud is to be elastic, that you want to grow compute independently from storage. But you're, you're not going to see that necessarily in these three cloud offerings, because at the end of the day, you're still using the appliance in the cloud. It's the same sizing, the same cookie Same sizing, kind of same right? cookie model, the same type of pricing. Even though you have a monthly subscription, if you want to increase your capacity, guess what? Your price will also increase due to an increased number of cores. Right. So up here, we, we, we announced some things back in September as part of the broader Data Hub announcement and launch tied to FlashBlade. But within that, we, we did some work around proposing an interesting solution to this based on FlashBlade, but also the Flash Stack product with um, FlashBlade. Um, what was the announcement? Why do we think this is a better approach? Well, the big announcement in September is all around Data Hub. Mm -hmm. We believe that sharing data is the most important thing to modernize analytics. And what we mean by that is if we have one storage system that's able to share the data across multiple applications, that is the modernized way to accelerate analytics and to scale it out without a performance degradation. So what I mean by that is, imagine if you have a Spark running, and you have um, Kafka running, and then you want to put it all in Cassandra, um, and then they, you want to also bring that data into an Oracle data warehouse. Imagine having the ability to do all of that with one storage system. And that's what Data Hub means, and that's what FlashBlade can deliver. And that's very empowering, right, yes. for the folks that are tasked with managing all those different data types across the enterprise to be able to have that vision that they can also go um, and, and execute on it. And also, I guess, to you know, be able to take these sort of aging legacy data warehouses and really bring them up to currency to modernize. Absolutely. I mean, to have the ability to now continue to use your data warehouse, uh, in this case, Oracle, and, every, and, and able to like collect all these different data from the modern applications. Now you have a more precise, unified, 360-degree uh, view of your data. And now you can probably do more uh, machine learning, modeling on top of it. So that's the goal, having the ability to collect all this data to help you refine your analytics and refine the models to help you do machine learning. We have a couple approaches, as I mentioned, right? FlashBlade and then kind of FlashStack with FlashBlade. Let's, can we hone in a little bit on, you know, looking at this problem, the data warehouse and sort of the aggregation of, of the modern data types? Um, why FlashBlade, right? There's a lot of other object store and other products that are out there. But why FlashBlade for this data hub vision and ultimately for this kind of unification of warehousing with, with analytic data types? Okay. What, what, are, the, what are the benefits? So FlashBlade uh, was built 
couple years ago uh, with the thought of how do we scale out capacity efficiently without losing performance. So we built a system that's designed for a file, which is NAS, uh, an object, which is S3. And the whole goal is to help our customer to figure out how to better manage big data in a more efficient way. And we created a blade system that has a lot of flash chips. We integrated the network and the compute. And now as your data grows, you just add another blade to add more capacity. And so therefore, as you run data to your application, you, your capacity grow, but your performance never degrades. And that's the goal and the concept of FlashBlade. And that's sort of, that, that, that's kind of contrary to the example we were talking about earlier, right? Where some of those, some of those appliance approaches kind of just run out of steam. Like I'm on, you know, version five, and all of a sudden I need more capacity, oops, there's no more version five available. Can't exactly. scale that, the next upgrade is the next platform. Guess what? That's a lot more expensive than just doing a within, within kind of chassis upgrade. That's correct. So the scalability, the obviously the performance, yes, right, and the parallelism, and then support for data types too, right? Yes, many different type of data, data types. As long as you have different applications that can manage the different data uh, data types, FlashBlade can help you accelerate all those processes. Um, so now let's shift a little bit to the Flash stack with FlashBlade, and for maybe for folks less familiar with yes. with the portfolio and the product line, what is Flash stack? bring to FlashBlade then, right? The, yeah. the Cisco partnership, the Cisco alliance, yeah. um, what does that bring to it? Well, no, no, no matter what, FlashBlade is a storage system, but it's a very advanced storage system. No matter what, we still need a server and um, routers and switches to help us run an, a whole stack for applications. So we purposely partner with Cisco with a US. UCS, UCS yep, thank you. Yep. UCS uh, system with a flash blade to able to accelerate any application processes. For example, for our uh, customer in Asia, uh, they have a uh, fifth. They originally had fifty ETL jobs. Mm -hmm. Then within five years, they increased to a hundred ETL jobs. Their their entire workloads plus the querying was a total of nine hours, and they're missing the service level agreements. But once they install FlashStack, they were able to accelerate and bring that down to three hours. That's a three times acceleration and improvement from using their legacy system. That was a great example as well, right? And they were running into some, some, some cost challenges also along the upgrade path, some of the legacy hardware. Can, can you describe those a little bit more? Yeah. So what we did is because we're able to accelerate uh, uh, without them upgrading to the latest and greatest Exadata, uh, they were uh, able to save money on the core license. They were able to save money on the storage license. Um, they were able to save some money on the hardware license. So, the, I mean, the hardware cost. So, the total cost end up being cheap, cheaper than upgrading to the latest Exadata, and it also uh, come across as cheaper than the Oracle Cloud. What, how do we how do we do this approach, right? I mean, with 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 this customer specifically, can you just walk through the, uh, you know, the cycle? I think we developed some some you know yeah. guidance around that. But yeah. um, what what was the cycle like? How'd that go? I'm just curious in in how the approach came about. Well, I, I don't have all the details, but our product was relatively new, and the customer just is not as familiar with the product. But they were very familiar with Flash Array, okay. right? Uh, but they were in a situation where the Exadata version 2 was expiring. 
and they're no longer getting the support. So there was an urgency to need to do either an upgrade to X7 or go to Oracle Cloud or something else. Mm -hmm. They did a math and they they just did not have the budget to afford X7. And they were not comfortable with going to clouds because it's so new. It's just it's just not something they were interested in. And that's how they opened the door to test FlashDAC. And they did the proof of concept on it, and they show it accelerate the process significantly. They also used a uh, test FlashBlade on Rapid Restore. And we accelerated that process by eight times. And they were just so blown away that one, FlashBlade can help them with analytics with FlashDAC. Two, FlashBlade can help them with Rabbit Restore. They're solving two major problems with one product. Talk about that use case a little bit. I'm interested in that. That sounds like an interesting entry point, right? You've got, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the solving this modern data warehouse problem with analytics, but then we do see a lot of good traction with, um, with, with Rapid Restore. It's almost something that you can combine together and have FlashBlade in both places. Yeah. So um, in t- today's world, especially in this customer, I mean, their customers are the, the, tel- uh, the telecom customers, right? And they have a really uh, intense service level agreement. So if there's a failure of delivering data, if the data center fails or if a network fails, the backup is critical because you don't want to delay any service to deliver to your customer. And the, the having Flash to do a backup seems like crazy, so expensive. But because of our uh, expectation on delivery timely and never fail or miss, the Flash Blade becomes critical to do a back, backup and restore. Yeah, you got to have that data at your fingertips when you can, particularly with some of the compliance and and regulations that That's are going correct. on, right? If you have right. a breach and you have a certain amount of hours that you have to go back and determine where it is, or uh, I think there's some things in GDPR as well where, yes. there's, where there's a requirement on timing yes. and, and having a really fast backup at your fingertips is much better than sitting and waiting when you're in those sort of high pressure kind of situations. Yep, absolutely. Cool. Well, where um, where should people go for for more information? I know we uh, we, we pop some things out on the web, but maybe the the FlashBlade uh, web page. Yeah, so let's start with the FlashBlade uh, web page, and within there, there's also a solution page for Data Warehouse. Uh, you can also go to flashdac.com mm-hmm. to also find more information about FlashBlade for Data Warehouse, and there there should be information on how to contact our our rep that we can reach out to you and we can start off with a conversation and maybe leading to a proof of concept. And what kind of folks would we uh, would want to be interested in this? Or like folks that are listening, like who, who, who do you know, are they sitting on kind of yeah. a, a, an old data warehouse and going, what do I do here? Is that, is that yeah. kind of it? Or is it the people that are looking at analytics or both? Um, yeah, all, uh, definitely the data warehouse administrator. Uh, they, they're so used to using an appliance. They have to now think about, well, what other approach should I continue using in order to modernize my data warehouse. Then you're a head of IT, it could be a VP of IT, who is concerning about costs. Like I have a limited amount of costs or budget, and if I have to go up to X7, uh, what can I do? What what are my alternatives? So so the, the head of IT would be interested in that. Of course, a CIO who's planning for the future, looking to modernize 
his data warehouse and also using other open source technology like Spark and Kafka and want to use one storage system to support all, uh, he would be also interested in learning more about FlashBlade and FlashDAC. Okay. And I think that's really the, the thing to close on is that really interesting versatility, right? The the whole Data Hub concept and, and, and that message um, really resonates, right? Particularly when you're looking at this complicated scenario. So thanks for coming in to share that with us today. Thank you so much, Rob, for inviting me. Yeah, at any time. We'll have you back very soon when you have other new news to announce. But I uh, hope everybody enjoyed. And as I always close with, thank you, everybody, for listening and for subscribing. Um, please do tell a colleague as we continue to grow the Pure Report. We will keep bringing you interesting topics and hopefully engaging conversation. And with that, we'll go ahead and close. And with that, I'll say for Pure Storage and Laura Chu, this is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you. Thanks again. Thank you very much.